and roll, ladies and gentlemen. It is another edition of the Sunday Card here with you. Back again with my partner in crime, Dan Zampano, with my partner in crime, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silbert, here to discuss the NFC version of this wonderful league we call the NFL. We did the AFC version last week. It was a big hit, a big success. Thank you for all who listened. Um, and I felt as if, Matt, it was very difficult to discuss championship winners and who was going to win divisions and this, that, and the other because the AFC has just gotten so, so good. This, this conference, though, has a lot of opportunity for some underdogs, maybe some worst-to-first scenarios that could happen. I feel like we're wide open in the national conference here, Maddie. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Dan. Yeah, like we said, the AFC has become very top heavy with a couple of the favorites that are, you know, Super Bowl favorites and conference favorites, division favorites for that matter. So, but in here, I mean, looking up and down all four divisions in the NFC, I have some teams with some big plus numbers that I think are worth taking a little chance on to maybe win the division. I think we can have a little bit of diversity, some change up this year. Let's not just be chalk and go all favorites. No chalk. No chalk. Chalk's for the sidewalk. We don't a do little, that. There was a little bit of chalk, but, you know, you got another one to pick it up. Well, there's some chalk, but not all <laughs> chalk. You know, like you can, you can sprinkle a little bit on the chalkboard there. We try not to work in extremes either way. Okay? That's what we're trying to do. Oh, bull crap. I, am, I will be incredibly extreme. I am ready to go off the wall here. Uh, I have one maybe off the wall extreme bet that I really like that I'll save for the end of the show. That's what I will do. Okay? Um, excited. By the way, just a massive job by you for sitting through Rangers game four and doing this podcast at the same time. You were a freaking champion. Yeah, we need my like my heart rate monitor on the screen for, for the video just to track when it's going up and down based on power plays or penalty kills. But yeah, we're sitting right now at the end of the first period and they're up two to two nothing. So if you listen to this in the future and things don't go my way, then you can laugh at my pain. Lewis, can we get like, you know, in those presidential debates afterwards where they like will measure like who likes what, who likes what, uh, what comments things happen. Like that's the the rate thing we should just have going across the, the screen. Just Maddie's when it's going bad, it just goes real down and the hurricanes are doing well and the Rangers are doing up, it just goes flying up the boards. You want me to just get like mean tweets to come across the screen? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. We really should do a mean tweets thing. We really should. That's a that's a, a a story for another day. But let's get to the NFC. Let's do it. And as always, we are East Coast biased, so we're starting in the East. Um, let's begin with the team that everybody likes to talk about every moment of every day on every talk show and everything in America, because America revolves around the star, does it not? Um, but, you know, Matt, I have been thinking a lot about the Dallas Cowboys and I really think, to be honest and truthful about their situation, they are gross. I don't like them. I don't like them one bit, actually. I think they're pretty freaking gross. They made a couple of moves here and there, but they've lost a lot of the offensive line. They lose their big receiver and Amari Cooper. Why should I like the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I, to me, I, I'm looking up and down at like all the parts of their roster and the moves that they made. I said, you know, do any of these units, if you break it down into offensive line, defensive line, secondary, did any unit get better? Is any unit better than they were last year? Again, the wide receiver core certainly isn't. Defensive line losing Randy Gregory certainly isn't. Uh, you know, bringing Dante Fowler Jr. But I agree. The big piece you're looking at in the defense, 
obviously you have Micah Parsons, who I think will continue. I don't think there'll be a sophomore slump for him, but the difference maker last year was Trayvon Dix. And I can say wholeheartedly, I don't think he's going to have 11 interceptions again this year. He's going to have more of his blow up plays that don't get to sports center. You know, the ones where he lets a guy get 10 yards behind him. So this defense kind of surprised people last year and might be surprisingly back to normal this year. The, the Cowboys were about losses in January and they've yeah. been about losses since January. That's basically <laughs> what they've been about. You know, I mean, Lael Collins gone, Connor Williams gone. Not that he was really doing anything. Amari Cooper gone. Uh, replacing Amari Cooper with James Washington, uh, a great uh, Steelers draft pick that we all loved until he now became like the third best on the on the uh, on the Cowboys here. Um, they paid a lot of money for Demarcus Lawrence in the offseason. As you mentioned, Dante Fowler comes over. Malik Hooker do anything for you in the secondary? I mean, that team's been needing a safety all year, but it seems like Malik Hooker's just been a journeyman his whole career. Yeah, I like I said, I mean, you've got a couple guys in the safety with Hooker and Curse that they I, they brought them in last year and just re-signed them in the offseason. They were yeah. able to keep them both there. So you have that as far as over the top, but again, the, the corners themselves, I think, might leave a, lot, a little to be desired. Okay. All right. I dig it. You know, Matt, after the draft, you said a very interesting statement. It was one of your big statements is that New York football might be back. Mm. Um, and so <laughs> how far are you willing to take that statement with the G? Well, it's tough. Like, yeah, I really like their, their two draft picks. And then I'm looking at what else they did this off season. And I'm like, it's pretty much, they just added the two draft picks and, it, and granted <laughs> those guys are both going to plug in again. You got an edge rusher and Thibodeau. That's going to be a starter day one, I think. And then you've got Neil, who's you know maybe more important because of the um, you know the progression of Andrew Thomas last year, the rookie. So now they've got two good tackles. So that's something that hopefully they can lean on. And still riding with Danny Dimes here, so mm-hmm. got to think it's his last chance. At least he's going to hopefully have those tackles can stay healthy. But. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot else to be desired. Like, I, there's not a lot else um, that they made in the offseason moves that I think, like, oh, yeah, maybe I'm going to look at that Giants over win total, which, again, I believe is set at seven and a half. Oh, so, I don't I, I, I don't know. Um, again, their best two additions were in the draft. Agreed. Agreed. They did add John Feliciano from the Bills um, to play guard, which I thought was, you know, decent move. Mark Lewinsky is well, um, but here's the other thing, too. I thought their biggest sign, Tyrod Taylor, <laughs> that's their biggest sign. <laughs> you know, like, you need somebody to back this kid up if he can't play. And Tyrod, two lungs in him now, feels good. Like, he'll be, I think, a good, viable backup. And you bring in Matt Breda for when Saquon Barkley yeah. gets hurt again. <laughs> yeah. So Devontae Booker and Matt Breda is now your, uh, is now your backfield, I think. Like if I stand correct, so the Giants, uh, the Giants continue. Is Devontae Booker still on that team? He's got no, it, right? No, uh, the third third back listed on the depth chart is Gary Brightwell, six round pick in 2021. Gary Brightwell. He sounds like a Mr. Clean product. Like that's just what what are we doing with Gary Brightwell? I mean, he might I'm I might have to just get his jersey now because I don't know what he is. I was going to say, we got to go way down the roster. I don't know how what it's going to take, but I need to see Sandro Platzgummer get into the game. That's a real name. Sandro Platzgummer. That can't be real. That I swear to God. Look it up. Uh, anyway. I, I will be. Uh, yeah, let's get off of them. 
God bless. We just it. go on to names for forever. Can we? Uh, God, uh, remember the name, fellas. Uh, a team. Okay, let's get to the teams. I think in this division that I think will be interesting. Uh, and we start with it's it's Howie season, baby. It's Howie season. It just is. It just is. Philadelphia. I hate that I I like like the Eagles like because I know that you have like a soft spot for the Eagles. Mm. You've got a brother that's an Eagles fan. It's been in the household. I understand, and mm. you like to see the moves they do, but. Man, I really looking at again, just looking at them on paper. I just, I just really like what they did. They improve. I mean, you get AJ Brown, the big splash trade in the draft. You add another weapon to go along with Devonta Smith to fix your biggest weakness that you had. Uh, Sign Zach Pascal too. You know, yep. again, a third receiver, good little piece there. Um, and then they bring in Hassan Reddick to go along with the other two dogs that they took on defense with Nicole Dean and uh, and Jordan Davis. And they bring in James Bradbury. Like, they've made some moves. Mm, you're not kidding. And then they re-signed a bunch of guys, too. Yes. Re-signed Jason Kelsey. Re-signed Fletcher Cox. Re-signed Derek Barnett. Greg Ward. Boston Scott. Like, staples of the team. And then they add in addition to that. So the big question mark is, does Jalen Hurts take another step? That's the big question mark. But here's the thing about the Eagles. They're like the Tampa Bay Rays of the of of the NFL. They really are. They run a completely different offense than everybody else in the league. Their defense is predicated on defensive line. They could care less about the linebacking court, although they got better adding to Kobe Dean, I think so. And then in the secondary now, they have Slay and Bradbury, who are two guys that I think are still viable, solid starters in the NFL, especially Slay. Bradbury struggled last year, but you know, I think that still is getting paid. I think it was so funny. The cap hit for the Giants on Bradbury is more than the actual salary that the Eagles are paying him, which is hilarious to me. So um, I, I love everything about the Eagles and what they've done. They are completely against the grain. I love it. They're like very, very off the, off the beaten path, which is why, you know, to me, I would venture taking their over. Their over is nine and a half. Uh, they went to the playoffs last year and now their, their roster is way better uh, and significantly better and deeper. They're very, very deep at key positions. I love the Eagles over. Yeah, I have I have a little asterisk note, you know, a little mark next to that as something to, to keep an eye on as, as looking at that Eagles over, because I agree. I think that what they've built, I mean, again, they're a team that's always so good as we talk about, like, in the trenches. Offensive line and defensive line, just absolutely studs can own that. And then, yeah, you can see, see how, how far Jalen Hurts can take this team. It really is going to be on his shoulders as well as the next team, I think, that we're about to transition mm-hmm. to. Again, we could talk about the moves they made, oh. and it really makes a difference as far as who's making that, who's in that quarterback room. And I would have more faith in Jalen Hurts at this point in his career uh, to make some progress than I do in Carson Wentz to make any steps forward at this point in his career because we know what he is, Dan. Mm. He's not a great quarterback. He's not. He's not. He's not a great quarterback. There's no question. But can he be good can he be jimmy garoppolo-esque can he be that for the washington football team or i'm sorry commanders i gotta get used uh, now i'm calling them football team <laughs> i like no the football team still plays though because they it just st- they still are a washington football team they still so play. uh that one still plays and, and you won't get canceled for it uh <laughs> but i i did make a little note to myself which might be as i wrote it down i i then put it in quotes because I said, I think this is going to be a little mantra. I need to remind myself of this year. A bet on Washington 
is a bet on Carson Wentz. Uh-huh. And that's just all I need to say to myself for a little bit of clarity every once in a while, you know? And I thought about this with Carson Wentz too, as I'm trying to see if he can make this team happen. If he didn't make it happen in Indianapolis last year, which had a far better roster, maybe not defensive, but by far a better offensive roster with the offensive line and the best running back in the NFL last year in Jonathan Taylor with a good emerging wide receiver like Michael Pittman Jr., who I think is a shade behind uh, Terry McLaurin that he's got oh, now. Oh, I think that's disrespectful, but go ahead. To Terry McLaurin? You, yeah. I think you, okay. Terry McLaurin, he might be far better. than I'm just trying to make a, an excuse. I understand. I still think the Colts roster last year up and down was much better. And if Carson Wentz couldn't even make the playoffs with that team last year, in a division that had four free wins or should have been free wins against the Texans and the Jaguars. I just am not going to get myself talked into Carson Wentz on the commanders uh, also tortured and turmoil filled franchise. Yes. That might be moving to Virginia now, but uh, the uh, commanders, I'm going to have to get used to that is Maybe I'm just hooked on phonics still. With you the guy. are. Maybe I just really am. Like I, I see the flashes. I saw him last year in Arizona on that Thursday night or whatever night that was Saturday night, just ball out in the fourth quarter and just make plays to win that game. And then he just has these duds in Jacksonville in the last game of the year, like, uh, and beat the Patriots and like do all these things. Like they, they do a lot of great things. Now, Jonathan Taylor obviously helps. But, you know, you still have guys like McLaurin and Antonio Gibson and yeah, the guy like Jahan Dotson. Um, they replace uh, Scherf and Moses. They lose those guys, but they replace them with Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner. So maybe a tick down, but pretty much a wash in the offensive line. Their defensive line going to be healthy again. You know, for the value of it, and we're going to get into the into some of these picks afterwards, for the value of it, I mean, this is a team that's two years removed from an NFC East title with freaking Heineke, like, you know, and, and Dwayne Haskins, God rest his soul. And all those, like whoever played quarterback that year, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Alex Smith, like, you know, I just don't think it's going to take a lot for this team. I mean, it might take a Dak Prescott injury, but you know, it may not take a lot for this team to at least be competitive in this division, by the way, hilarious uh, nugget here and note you know who the Colts are trying to sign right now? Who's that? To back up Matt Ryan. Uh, Nick Foles. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Which the would best be back up in the league. Amazing. If Matt Ryan, God forbid, got hurt and Nick Foles took that team to the playoffs, I would cry laughing. It would be so hilarious. But, um, which is why, going back to my original point, I'm actually taking both the Eagles and the Commanders to win the division. I, I like both of them. I like Eagles plus 240. I like the Commanders plus 450. I don't. I think that there's some value there with them deep in the bowels that they could overtake Dallas. I just freaking hate Dallas this year. They're going to be solid, but any little tiny thing that happens to Dallas, I think can easily offset them. And I think the Commanders can jump through. I don't think they're better than the Eagles, but I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to bet a little more on the Eagles to win the division, but I'm going to take a flyer on the Commanders as well. I'm right there with you on the Eagles. I had that. That's that's one of the bets I'm, I'm going to take. I saw it plus 210 on FanDuel. 240 sounds even better to me. And we couldn't be further off on the Commanders because I am debating. Their win total right now is set at eight and a half. That's a lot. 
and that's a lot. And the uh, the juice on the under is also a lot. It's minus 170. But we oh. did take a couple big juice ones last year, and there's a reason that there's high juice on it, I think. So I, w- I am considering taking the commanders under eight and a half. Just, again, we're, we're, you're counting on a lot of things to happen to go right this year. Oh, we need the defense to get back to how it was two years ago and not what it was last year where it was very bad. Yeah. And then we also need Carson Wentz to, like, figure it out in his fifth year sixth year you figure it out so i, I think i think i'm gonna take the other yeah see again you like you have a just a story built up in your head but when i'm spitting facts at you you just you got no response i've seen things i've seen things i i i am i lead by faith not by sight maybe that's what i do i have faith uh fly eagles fly big time um and i'll add one more to this division at the end of the show uh nfc north let's go there uh the norris division and obviously you know everybody you know the talk was about this summer was the summer of aaron Rodgers. uh and you know what was he going to do he was retiring he was leaving blah 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 blah. you wanted him on your team and then what does he do he resigns for like 50 million dollars a year um so they resign aaron Rodgers, huge but they lose a lot they lose saint brown they lose uh mbs they lose Devontae adams they lose just a ton of receiving help. They lose the Darius Smith on the defensive side of the ball, but, but they did re-sign a lot of their guys. Their offensive line is fully healthy. Sammy Watkins is here. Yeah. I mean, what are the Packers? Maybe not a Super Bowl contender like they were, but is there anybody better than them in this division? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a question we're going to have to get to as we go through these teams. I but guess so. I, I agree. I, mean, I just think that you really sacrificed. You, when you look at what they ended up having to give up to end up bringing Aaron Rodgers back to give him the bag, I mean, like you said, they lost pieces everywhere, including the second most important player on the team, Devonta Adams, who had nearly 40% of the receiving offense last year. Mm. 40%. Like, we've seen, you know, Rodgers is great, but – he still had struggles with those other guys because he just doesn't have that unconscious connection like him and Adams had. And obviously Adams is just great on his own right. I think no matter who he plays with, but you you lose, like you said, all those pieces on the defense, you lose Billy Turner on your offensive line. Yeah. I mean, they lose so much more than they actually got. And it has me dangerous. Again, I have this also circled a big question mark. Do you even flirt with their under this year? The under it's 10 and a half, but it's a plus 125. So you can get a 10-win Packer team that's going to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. but they are going to have, and they're so much more this year than last year. Like last year, it was still like, you know, they're an injury. You know, Devontae Adams was out and all these other things. I mean, even though Rodgers won a few games without Adams um, in there, you know, they're that one injury away, even more so this year, where it's like, oh, they just don't, I don't know if they had the pieces to to fill in like they kind of went in all all in last year and you could see how much they lost now because of that do you think that well remember too that Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins were out most of the year and those are their two yeah. best offensive linemen do you think that they rely more on the running backs this year you think Aaron Jones and and uh and AJ Dillon get like a like a lot more time with the ball and maybe they just become this kind of like play action power run team Tunyon back off injury too like, you know, there's – do they become like a metamorphosis of what LaFleur – LaFleur becomes the Shanahan this year and kind of just develops in that way? I mean, I don't know. 
you know, they get Christian Watson and now they have Alan Lazard still and Amari Rogers has to step up. Like there's a lot of things that have to go right, but offensive line defense, like I still have faith in that. It's just the weaponry. I think that bothers everyone. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a clear, clear downgrade from where they were last year. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, you got, you got to trust the bad man back there that he could pretty much work with whatever he's got. The direct blow to the Packers is not only do they lose to Darius Smith, but he goes to their direct rival in the Minnesota Vikings. And I feel like a lot of people have given up on Minnesota, especially in the idea that Zimmer is gone. And now you have this unknown commodity in Kevin O'Connell that comes from the Los Angeles Rams who have had all this success. Zadarius Smith only adds to a plethora of defensive moves, Harrison Phillips and Jordan Hicks among them. But the big extension for Kirk Cousins was the big story here. Another year extension. They kicked the can down the road for next year. This is the make or break year for Kirk Cousins. I think O'Connell wants to see what exactly how the offense can operate with him at the helm. And they have all this weaponry. They have these offensive line pieces now. They have great defensive pieces. Put it together. Like, figure it out is for the Vikings this year. Like, figure it out. Yeah, I, I can looking at all the moves that they made. And again, I have, I have more optimism, I think about Zimmer being gone. Cause I mean, it's, he's kind of been, it felt like just kind of sailing that ship into the night, like the past mm. couple seasons, you know, like there was a little bit of hype, but it was also kind of like, what are we doing here? It was getting the same song and dance over and over. Now you have again, Kevin O'Connell coming from the, uh, the McVay coaching tree. So, you know, you think that he's going to bring in some sort of dynamic offense and, and some possibilities and the, talking about the weaponry on this team, the weaponry on this team is, is outstanding. I mean, you've got Justin Jefferson, who's, who's emerges as a, a top five wide receiver amongst the league. You've got mm-hmm. sure golden hands, Adam Thielen uh, yeah. still there. And you had KJ Osborne, who, who emerges like a burner deep threat kind of gadget player last Love year him. too. And you need, well, actually, you don't, you don't need Dal- Dalvin Cook to stay healthy, but you need one of Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison to stay healthy. Yeah. That's what you need. You need one <laughs> of those two guys. Having both of them obviously helps, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, Definitely shored up uh, some pieces of the defense. You also, they also added Shannon Sullivan um, to come in mm-hmm. and play like nickel for them. So that's another good add in the secondary. I think you could take, I think the Vikings are a team to take a flyer on this year with a lot of, mm. again, there's a lot of unknown. So that's, you could take that, you know, you could look at it in a negative way, but I think that a, a change to get this offense revamped and if they can get in a rhythm, it, it, you know, during the season, have a good off season and get the, get the game plan installed. I mean, this offense under a McVay style of, of offense could really do well. The whispers out of Minneapolis and OTAs are that Zimmer really ruled with an iron fist that he had intimidation. It was his factor and that the players now feel like they can breathe again, knowing that O'Connell is going to be a more collaborative coach in this new age of football. So, you know, Zimmer, the old time defensive coordinator, you know, all that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what they do by the way. Uh, new stadium off the checklist will be there Thanksgiving night Patriots and Vikings this year. So that is our big time uh, trip for that, for this going out uh, with my younger brother, who is a huge Vikings fan. So we'll see that trip as well. Why, even though the Patriots are playing, are you going to participate in the school chant? Cause I just, that's going to be too electric to not do it. I might have to, They're gonna <laughs> nail it, but if they see you scolding in a Patriots, they might just beat you over the head. They might, they might freaking pillage me. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, send me to back to Iceland or something. Uh, the Vikings are an interesting case. I will be interested to see how Kirk Cousins does this year as well. Let's get to our favorite team. 
<laughs> One of our favorite cats. I love cats. I love them. We love cat dogs. Boy, we could be doing the cat dog dance fever this year and biting kneecaps because I'll tell you something. The Detroit Lions are a fascinating, fascinating football team that I can't wait to watch on Hard Knocks, too. Like, they're going to be freaking awesome. So, Lions, go. Uh, I mean, most underrated offensive line in the league. Like, if you're looking at this line, like, just an absolute beast of guys up and down. Obviously, you got the new rookie, Panay Sewell, in there. Tell me, Dan, I think their offense is, is exciting. Their offense is enticing. Again, again, also outside of that quarterback position of Jared Goff. But you've got some serious weapons. They move up in the, back, uh, the draft to get Jamison Williams. Um, they make a big-time signing uh, with DJ, or, you know, a, a big dollar signing for $10 million a year yeah. uh, for a one-year contract on DJ Chark, who, again, could have been a guy that you could just throw out the, the last season for anybody that was in Jacksonville, right, as far as yeah, they might have had bad numbers. I mean – you had a moron pervert running the team. So I don't know what else you're supposed to do. And he was fantastic his rookie season. So you add him to a serious, you know, you had uh, Equiminius St. Brown, right? Do I have the, do no, I have the I'm correct St. Brown? I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on Ross. Sorry. I'm on Ross. Yeah, and who's I, the better, who's the better St. Brown? He is the better St. Brown. Uh, I just, they're both their names are tremendous. Uh, <laughs> and then you got DeAndre Swift who kind of was like a, you know, big splash. He's a, electric player to watch so mm-hmm. but what do you tell me about this defense though Dan because I look at this defense and I I I that's what worries me oh I I am I am excited about the defensive line tell me I, re- I really am first off Aiden Hutchinson is coming to the defensive line so right off the bat you're banging around but you've got um you've got guys like Romeo Aquara who were really really solid players for the Lions for the last couple of years he's going to be coming in uh, Charles Harris is a very solid defensive end. I'd say that's like a B defensive end, defensive tackle, can play three technique. Michael Brockers from the Rams. Aleem McNeil needs to kind of step up this year, but I think that's a it's an exciting developing defensive line. They re-signed Gerard Davis, who will come back to play linebacker for them, along with Alex Anzalone from the from the uh, from the Saints. So that's that's gonna be, you know, uh, he was there last year, but it's going to be an exciting front seven. I really do. I think they could really bang around a little bit. My concern is in the secondary because Okuda has clearly not worked out. No. You still, you have um, Deshaun Elliott in the back, who's pretty decent, played for Baltimore, like pretty good player, but they signed Mike Hughes to come play. Now Okuda is playing Nickelback. It's like, that was such a waste of a pick, you know, like there's not a lot there in terms of the secondary. So that is my main concern for them. But offensively, oh my gosh, like the they might have a top three offensive line in football. Like yeah. you go Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, uh, Vitae from the Eagles, the monster guy who played rugby, and then Sewell to play right or left tackle, depending on how they want to do with it. So like they are loaded on the offensive line. Jamison Williams, DJ Chark, Ross St. Brown. Uh, don't hate Quintez Sevis either. And then don't forget about TJ Hawkinson, who's one of the best uh, right now, TJ Hawkinson clearly one of the best tight end weapons in football. Like, I don't think it's a question. Like he was a really solid red zone target for Jared Goff. Just Goff, just don't do anything stupid. Just don't lose the game. Just don't lose the game. That's all you have to do. Yeah. I mean, I guess what, I mean, he did do that for a lot, a lot for the Rams. And as much as it's like, we make fun of him, it was most of the time that Jared Goff failed and we laughed at him, but it was in the playoffs because he was on national television mm-hmm. and he was, you know, in like the semifinals. So yeah, as much as we make fun of him, he's 
quite capable of winning some regular season games and getting a team to a playoff. So I, I, that, that does calm my woes a little bit. It's developmental players, Dan Campbell getting the most. Out. Young talent is what Dan Campbell needs because he's a freaking maniac. It's a so ton I, of young talent. And they've got all of it. So, like, they've got a ton. So start developing, start using it. Uh, this team, this next team, honestly, they're in my bottom five of freaking just terrible football teams. Can I tell you all that the Bears did this offseason? Yes. All the Bears did this offseason was lose their best defensive player and lose their best offensive player. That's about all they did the entire offseason. Allen Robinson and Khalil Mack out of town. And they, I mean, it's looking, it's an ugly looking roster. It is brutal. It is brutal. Like I'm looking at the receivers right now. Yeah. Darnell Mooney, like, okay. Like, but not as a number one. Like they they brought in a bunch of guys that were like at best, the number three on their last team that are now just going to be like number two and three for them. Like at best, again, we had the other the other St. Brown now. Yeah, these, these brothers, they are just bouncing around the end of the season. This is a St. Brown division. It's the St. Brown. So they, they bring in him and then they bring in Byron Pringle. And it's just like, <laughs> man, those, those guys do not make you feel very good. Like, oh, for, for, a Dante, that, for a quarterback, we don't know if it's developed very well. Yeah, like Dante Pettis do anything for you? Like, God bless it. Like Dante, I didn't think he, he's getting a contract in the NFL today. In the NFL for the Bears. I mean, that, that's how bad it, it has gotten for him. Tajay Sharp, like, holy cow. They drafted uh, Velas Jones Jr. out of Tennessee, who's like 25 years old. But, you know, I mean, it's it's slim pickings here. David Moore from Seattle, like, it's it's really slim pickings here with the with – the, the, uh, not just with the receivers, their offensive line is terrible. Like it's horrible. It, it was their biggest problem last year, and they just did nothing to fix it. They did nothing. They did nothing. You know when teams are like signing a thousand guys that they're in trouble. They're trying to outfit a roster. Is what they're trying to do. Like James O'Shaughnessy, uh, who got drafted by the Patriots. The only reason I know him, and he was in Jacksonville to go with Ryan Griffin and Cole Komet and the other seventeen tight ends that they always have on the Bears. Um, and then, oh, uh, here you go. Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman are your uh, other two big signings. So congratulations on that. This is the easiest bet I'll make all year. Bears under six and a half. Easiest, easiest bet I'll make all year. Got it circled as well. That is at, at a minus 105. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you on that. Oh, that that is just free money. <laughs> that's, that's what that is. The Bears winning seven games. Huh. Unbelievable. Let's go to the NFC South, shall we? Um, oh, wait, sorry. Any other bets in that division? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I didn't have any. Did you? I, I, I would. Again, I think I'm going to take a flyer on the Vikings plus 280 to win the division. Okay. I, think I that love that's that. Good. Oregon, I, and also they're over. Their over is only, it's set at eight and a half right now. Mm. Eight, the over at over eight and a half is minus 130. Again, very easy to see. The Vikings go like eight and nine, nine and eight, you know, new, new, new numbers. Uh, they're they're a classic kind of middle of the road team. So I mean, to get just to get them to nine wins, I think that's a decent bet. I have a different middle of the road team that I'm going to go with later okay. on, uh, but I like your thinking here. Um, mm-hmm. I don't also I also don't hate like just a wild throw. What is the Lions' number to win the division? Plus eight fifty. Oh. I, I get. I'm also looking at again. I have another question mark next to because I, I just. Lions hype. There was a lot of Lions hype last year. I was woeful. I stayed away and it was very wrong because they had one of the best against the spread records. I feel like I had a hard time getting bought in. You were much more bought in on them than I was, but just the more Lions hype, I don't want to get sucked in, but their win total set at six and a half overs only minus one Oh five. So, you know, put that in your tickler file. I'm tickling me fancy. 
there. I like that. FanDuel also has a little um, category of teams to get to 10 wins and what their odds are for that. So maybe think about that. Vikings, yeah, my Vikings might have some nice plus on a nice 10 win season. You may not hate it. Yeah. You may not hate it. Good call. Uh, let's go. Let's go to the NFC South. Um, he's back. <laughs> he's back. Here he is. Knock, knock. It's my league still. Uh, Brady <laughs> is back. Uh, obviously, and all is right in the world. We can go back to you know goading and goading and goading. But Matt, I, obviously, that's the only reason that they were able to re-sign a lot of these guys is because the Bucks now have their quarterback that they want. Still don't have Gronkowski, so he's gone. I imagine that you know he may be back at some point in the summer. I assume he will be. But um, they lose OJ Howard. But outside of that, they bring in some actually good pieces. So you know they lost Alex Kappa. That was a big loss for them in the offensive line. Shaq Mason. Plug yeah, in. I was going to say, right right away, fix that one. Yep, and and guess who knows him really, really well, obviously. So, and that would be Brady. Uh, I love Russell Gage. I think Russell Gage signing is one of the most underrated signings that could have to replace Antonio Brown with him. I think that w- that is a absolute home run, re-signing Godwin. And then they addressed something that they really needed to address, and that was their secondary. Yep. Getting Keanu Neal to play that linebacker safety spot. Logan Ryan at the cornerback position also played New England with Brady by the way, picked off Brady's last pass for a touchdown in his final game in New England. So I'm sure they'll have some fun ribbing about that. But um, I, I like a lot of these moves. And then all the re-signs that they made. They get Ryan Jensen back to play one more year. This is it. They're all in. This is this is a Super Bowl or bust for this team. Yeah, like I said, I mean, the biggest part of their offseason was the re-signings. And the, I, I like that uh, the sites I was pulling it from, I don't know if this was from PFF, but under Tom Brady just says, unretired like everybody else is signed re-signed Tom Brady unretired uh, <laughs> so I like that uh, yeah that was clearly the biggest part of their offseason uh same reason that they were willing to spend the money to bring Godwin back like you probably don't make that happen unless Brady's going to be there um and along with a lot of those other guys you were saying because they're going into a full rebuild so the best thing they did this offseason uh is just re-sign most of those players to just give it another ride for another year and then they said fill in that fill in that gap perfectly for for uh, Mason to from Kappa so yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, top of the division again, clearly. Yeah. No question. I think it's going to be tough for that anybody to break through, but there is one team that does kind of own them. Like the saints kind of own the bucks right now. They, the bucks have not had success except in the one game that mattered, uh, you know, in, in 2020, but you know, the, outside of that, the saints have really just had the bucks number. And that makes me interested in them because if you look at their roster, they re-signed Jameis Winston, but they end they get Andy Dalton back and them up. So, you know, at least they have somebody there that is is capable of at least leading the team and not take some hill just running the ball into the ground. Um, and and you know, we'll we'll deal with Taysom Hill slander later. But uh Jarvis Landry coming over is interesting. I like that. Uh to add with Chris Olave and Michael Thomas. But my big thing is their their secondary. Like they added a good amount of veteran secondary pieces at the safety and corner position that I really like. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I think that they, their defensive line is together. Their defensive line is, has mm-hmm. been a, a nasty unit for the past few years. So you've still got that that bull rush, uh, you know, get one loss that they also have kind of a, a plug-in that they hope is, is losing Armstead off left tackle. But they, they obviously um, they take Trevor Penning. Uh, in the draft, hopefully to fill in, I mean, big shoes to fill. Love that um, guy though. Right. Again, I, I think it has a good chance to, you know, hold up steady. 
And yeah, you got to think they're much better at wide receiver. You know, you didn't have Michael Thomas the entire year last year. Mm-hmm. You get him. I mean, he's going to miss some more time at the possibly at the beginning of this year. No, hasn't he had some weird stuff with uh, his surgery? A little bit with his like, surgery. Yeah. yeah, like he should have got it maybe done a little earlier or whatever. But either way, when you've got you've got Landry and then you, you draft Chris Olave, I mean, you're much better at receiver than they were last year with who they're mm-hmm. trotting out there. So, and, and again, so they got some wheels on some of those guys for James to throw the deep ball. And, mm-hmm. uh, Still just waiting for LASIK Jameis to really, you know, have a full chance to flex with his with his good eyeballs. Yeah, LASIK Jameis. I love that. They just find out that he was playing blind at Florida State the entire time. <laughs> Why uh, couldn't you see the linebackers? <laughs> that was just blurry. Uh, Marquez Callaway, burner. Deontay Harris, burner. Traquan Smith. And those are all like the backups. Like, you know, they, these are guys that are really serviceable players that – you know, have a lot of experience in time. It was a concern for us last year with them not like these guys were starting. Um, and now they bring in Landry and Olave is going to be a really good burner piece, but like an actual route runner, like really dynamic. If Michael Thomas can give them anything, I think it's a plus, but I love their offensive line. I, I love it. I think that Penning is going to be a dog. Uh, Cesar Ruiz is one of the best centers slash guards in the league. Now, Eric McCoy, Andrews, Pete, Ryan Ramchick, like they have some really good talent coming back. Um, let alone Kamara, obviously, but that defense, you bring in Tyron Matthew, you bring in Marcus May, uh, one of the better Jets players, you bring in Daniel Sorensen from Kansas City to come play. And all of a sudden now they're super, super deep in that back end. This is still an outstanding defense that is still going to be at the top of the game with Dennis Allen still leading it. I think Pete Carmichael is probably better a, a situation to him to be better tied to Jameis Winston than Sean Payton is. Sean Payton with Drew Brees was the tie. I think it's a great time for Payton to exit stage left and then go coach the Cowboys next year. And then, you know, we'll deal with it, what we have to do with. But I think Jameis under Pete Carmichael will be fine. I love this team to probably hit a playoff spot. Yeah, I, I again, uh, I, I feel like I've tried to I've been pretty down on the Saints I feel like this past few years with with everything going on mm-hmm. and, and trying to bet against them but I, I do think I find myself I think maybe rooting for the Saints a little bit this year and maybe backing them a little bit uh more um a team that I will not be backing in any way shape or form is your sickness team you sick person it's just disgusting and I'm gonna just hold on for dear life with this team I don't know if I could even bet with this team if they're going to be an underdog all year and they just look like hot garbage. Atlanta, like, can we please just, can we please let it go? <laughs> okay, so let me tell you about Marcus Marion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, he threw a touchdown pass to himself one time. It was amazing. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. So, what is do we know what this offense is going to look like at all? That is what I have like no idea. I mean, you've got you got Calvin Ridley again, Mr. Parlay himself is going to be missing a few games. Uh, and then other than that, you've got new new receiver Drake, rookie receiver Drake London, yep. uh, Demarius Bird, and and I don't even know. I, I just see Edwards, I don't even know the man's Brian, Brian Edwards from the Raiders was just oh, crazy. okay, Brian Edwards, Brian Edwards, all right. Uh, man. And is Cordell Patterson going to be like a top five running back in the league again <laughs> next year? Like, where did that come from? Huh? That was Get him on nuts. your fantasy team right now. The crazy thing about the Falcons, like, I feel like they've got like a half decent offensive line. So they've got to at least give the, like, at least Mariota a chance to maybe do, do some stuff. I just don't know. Like I said, I don't even know what this offense looks like in the slightest. Oh, oh, like, oh, these guys have just been ter- like Jalen Mayfield. Like these are just all disappointments. Jake Matthews. Yes. Like he's solid, but like 
Lindstrom is eh. McGrary, Hennessy, like these guys are just not. They signed Jermaine Effetti from the Bears, like to come play, and that's not a great sign. Like there's isn't a lot. Like, but they made a ton of signs. Like they're just trying to outfit a team. Demir Bird, Brian Edwards, like you said, they 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 bring in Rashawn Evans and Quickowski and Casey Hayward and guys that have just been flying all over the league, you know, and brought them in. Ah, you can come play for us, sure, no problem, you know. And I just, I, there's just nothing here for me. Damian Williams and Cordero Patterson are your backfield right now. Like that's, that's your backfield. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't love them now, but you know, <laughs> there'll be a point this season that I, I end up loving. Oh no, don't I know it. Put, put it down. May 24th, 2022. Maddie's going to love this in about six months. This, this team, <laughs> I can't. Freaking way. They don't block anybody and they can't get to the quarterback. That's the whole game. And they can't do either one of those things. Um, finally, Carolina. I don't know. This, I just, I don't know. This is the, honestly, I thought when we were talking about a gross team, I thought we were going to go right to Carolina. Yeah. I think, I think Carolina. Yeah. They, they just, they, they don't think they stick to high heaven to me. I, I don't know. I mean, you got Sam Darnold. Do, going there again. I mean, Matt Rule in his two seasons has had five wins in each of his two seasons. Uh, we said we mentioned that they lost uh, Hassan Reddick to the Eagles, uh, who was one of their or who did he sign with the Eagles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one of their you know really good athletic pass rushers that they had last year. And I just don't know. This defense was kind of tenacious in the first half of the year, and then they really slowed down and got mm. figured out. And I just don't know about Matt rule and a, a Matt rule and Sam Darnold team. Just, yeah. That's the problem. Is it? I mean, that's, that's the whole problem is Sam Darnold. You just don't know. You, you know, they address the offensive line. They get Equanu in the draft and, and, you know, maybe he'll take some time to develop. They've still got guys like they've got DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. And, you know, they have certain guys there and McCaffrey is healthy. You know, I mean, as, as far as we know. So, you know, it's not like, I can't say that they're worse than the Falcons because they have really good pieces around Darnold and who knows, maybe Matt Corral plays this year. I mean, I don't know, but you know, their defense is still really like, like they still have some really good time. Brian Burns is one of the best defensive ends in the league. Derek Brown, like their defensive line is solid. It's their secondary. I mean, they addressed some things like Dante Jackson, CJ Henderson, like JC Horn, like, they're still waiting to develop. And the problem is that Sam Darnold just keeps turning the ball over and they don't get a chance. Like they had Sam Darnold, PJ Walker and Cam Newton. And now they've got, they, they still have PJ Walker, but now it's Matt Corral and it's still Sam Darnold. Like how do you not address this quarterback position? It's the one thing that's going to get you fired. And it's like, or, or is this is the only one of the few teams I could think of that'd be in the market for a Jimmy G or a Baker Mayfield. Yes. But if you just took a quarterback in this year's draft, are you really going to now spend more pick? I don't know. I, yeah. I and they're in a, they're stuck. They have to win now. They have to win now. And that's where Jimmy has to come in or Baker has to come in. Like Baker, from my understanding is that Baker is still being sought after by Carolina and Seattle. Like that's my understanding. It would be a godsend over Sam Darnold. It just would be like, he's just a better quarterback. Is he the savior? No, but you see what you have with him. Like you can't keep paying. You're paying Sam Darnold all this money. And now you're taking a guy that is from his same class and is going to want a big contract. So like, 
What do you do with that? Me personally, I go hard after Jimmy G. Please, like you will be so much better. You could actually compete if you had Jimmy G, you know? So for what it's worth, uh, bets. Uh, I have uh, Saints over eight and a half. Thank you. Even money, Saints is that the middling team that you're saying? That's the middling team. I I like that over eight and a half as well. Get them to nine wins against, see them competing for a playoff spot. And then, yeah, Panthers under five and a half. Is it Matt Rule has had five wins exactly in his first two seasons, and the under five and a half is plus 105. We still got Sam Darnold back there without any other better options right now. So that one I will wait on, though. I won't I won't bet that right now because, again, too many things potential to happen this offseason that, that'll move that around if they were to get one of those quarterbacks. Yep, absolutely. Hammered the Saints over eight and a half. Easy. Took the juice. I bought the juice on the Falcons. Falcons under four and a half. Really low number. But I just I think they're going to be a number one, number two pick next year. I'm telling you, Marcus Mariota, Cordero Patterson, <laughs> just look out. It might be dynamic. It could be pretty dynamic. Oh God, did they did they ever play together? I'm just trying to think. Were they in the Raiders together at some point? You know? Oh, they reunited. probably yeah, they probably were like two years ago. Yeah, reunited, and it feels so good. I don't know. Like God bless it, Atlanta football. Uh, okay, finally, NFC West. Uh, was NFC best last year? I guess it's still the best division in the NFC, maybe. I, I don't really know. Like, this, it depends on who's playing quarterback for all these teams. Um, but let's start with the tumultuous team, and that's Arizona. I think Arizona has had the most crazy offseason, obviously dealing with Tyler Murray's situation. He's not at OTAs. Um, and then they kind of add some different pieces. They, they obviously re-sign James Conner. Hollywood Brown comes over now. So this is kind of the, the trade that we talked about, that there was a fleecing, uh, which it's now become like my favorite word. Um, they fleece, they get fleeced by Baltimore to get Hollywood Brown for first-round pick. Now DeAndre Hopkins is, is, is going to be gone for a little bit here for six games. Um, I don't know. Arizona feels like if any little tiny thing moves in the wrong direction, their whole deck of cards can come fumbling down. Yeah, and we had a news update when checking the, the uh, depth chart that uh, AJ Green still alive, uh, still alive, still has an NFL contract. So breaking news uh, at 80 years old, AJ Green still playing in the NFL this year. So just trying to finish up the same time that uh, Larry Fitz did, maybe. But yeah, I mean they, they re-signed James Conner. Uh, and man, yeah, losing Hopkins, uh, you know, for for the first half of the year, losing Kirk, and then I guess bringing in Hollywood Brown. I don't understand it at all. And then you know they lose Chandler Jones off their defense, that's and I brutal. felt like I felt like that's where most of the success of their defense came last year was their pass rush. There was ability to get after the quarterback, and the pass rush this year is worse. I mean, you got JJ Watt in that line who it feels like JJ Watt's entering point in his career. He's not even an every down pass rusher anymore. You know, what I mean? no. he's a he's a special scenario third downs where we really got to get after the quarterback, kind of bring him in, but. He's not playing, you know, 80% of the snaps in a game. So, yeah, I just – I think that their success in their defense came from their pass rush, which is just worse as a unit. And, I mean, the secondary and everything else in that team, I nothing really to be excited about either. Outside of Buda Baker, they're just – Right. And seem like a lot there for them. I mean, it's – they run Jeff Gladney, who was kind of a failed project with Minnesota. They bring in Will Hernandez, another failed project from the Giants. Like, you know, this is a lot of failed projects. And honestly, it's hot seat time. Hot seat time for Kingsbury. I don't think it's even a question. Uh, You know, I think they'll pull the plug quickly and just blow it all up. Uh, But let's go to the defending champions. Let's do them. Uh, Because are the Rams better? Are they better than they were? I mean, I feel like they're they're pretty good. And, And they were pretty good last year. 
you basically take uh, Odell off the team, and he's still a free agent, by the way, and you add Allen Robinson. That is scary. And then Bobby Wagner comes and plays for them as well. They trade for Troy Hill from the from the Browns to play Nickelback. I mean, trade Troy Hill back after after yeah, one season away. Exactly, <laughs> like they get him back. So you know, I don't see how this team's not really. I mean, they're they're obviously, I think, the best team in this division. Yeah, I mean, they you know they use OBJ and Bobby Trees for Albert Woods, but again, he didn't yes. play the entire second half of the year. Last year, anyway, he didn't play. So, and then obviously you lose Von Miller, who was who was a uh, rental basically for them for the Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this offense still really good, and you just got to think that. I mean, yeah, I kind of I, I might like Allen Robinson more than OBJ or mm-hmm. Robert Woods, you know. So, uh, I, I think that that dynamic. I mean, the, it's just another year in this offense for Stafford, and just seeing the ability of what he had to do last year, and you know. There were some games early in the season that he struggled, but you got to think that now the run that they had and then just another year of him and McVay working together a full offseason really got to like the Rams to be one of the favorites again, especially and, and definitely in this division. Yeah, it, the, the the goal for them is uh, can they withstand everybody's biggest shot, you know, and the, the one thing I am concerned about a little bit is replacing – Whitworth I think that that's going to be a challenge for them they did re-sign Joe Noteboom and Brian Allen so that's very solid for them to kind of maintain that but Noteboom will move to that left tackle spot full time now so that's a little bit of a concern but their defense is still really really solid everywhere you look and you know again like I said this is a really solid football team that should be probably the favorites in their division again Um, but chasing them is San Francisco And here we go, because, you know, we love San Francisco. We love what they do. We love how their their coach operates. We love their defensive front. We love a lot of things about them. And we, I think we both really like Trey Lance coming out. Like we both really did. And we got to see him a little bit last year, but I think the unknowns are scaring people off. Should we just buy in fully to Trey Lance and just put our money where our mouth is? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to do that. I just, I'm, I'm so, I'm so stuck on this team. I really am. Uh, again, you, you got to like the pieces they have in their defense. I, I don't think that they added a ton as I'm trying to think. I mean, they bring in the Owen Burks or Oren Burks. Mm-hmm. But they, they don't add it. You know, there wasn't a lot there. I'm just so confused by, again, this is an offense that's going to really just keep me up in the air. It's like a full season of Trey Lance is the quarterback. I just don't know. Very yeah. confusing. Yeah, it is. It's tough. You know, you look at them and again, they didn't add a ton of pieces here. We know that. Uh, I think, you know, Hassan Ridgeway was like their biggest defensive signing, but they're so loaded on the, on the defensive line. It may not matter. I mean, with Kinlaw, Armstead and Bosa right there off the bat with Greenlaw and Warner, like those two guys are just so their front seven is disgusting. Yeah. I mean, D Ford too. Like they have their, their front seven is really ruthless. And, you know, the goal for them really is to stay healthy because, you know, Jason Barrett is their best corner right now, and he just hasn't maintained a lot of health. I think if he can just stay healthy and on the field, they have all these guys that they play as that unit, that, that zone defense cover unit, uh, Jimmy Ward, Traverius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, like guys like that, that they really need to, to, to step up. So, you know, they didn't make a lot of signings, obviously. I think they like their roster. They really need to surround and be really thinking about what they want to use Trey Lance for. 
And if that is a new package that Jimmy couldn't be a part of, so be it. But you're right. I am also stuck on the 49ers. I just, there's a lot of question marks until we know where Jimmy is. Jimmy might be on this roster next year. Like, we don't know. We, we, it's, it's a matter we're, we're testing our faith in our favorite coach in the league. That's really, I think, what it's going to come down to as well, is that we can get bought in on the 49ers strictly the fact of who their head coach is and, and who that, that front office is and that organization is right now. Mark them down as a team to look at and say, they're probably going to be underdogs in some games that they shouldn't be. Right. You know, they, they absolutely will be just because of the quarterback situation. Uh, finally, the final team in this whole NFC, uh, is, are the Seahawks the worst team in the league? They have potential to be. They definitely have the potential to be. As they are right now, it is pretty damn bad. Actually, yeah. I have the same note. I have the same note that I had as the Bears. All oh, that they did in the offseason was they lost their best offensive player and their best defensive player. They lose Russell Wilson and they lose Bobby Wagner. And, and not only like their best talent-wise, talk about the two leaders of the team, like maybe the two most important guys in huddles and locker room on each side of the ball are gone. The entire culture around the Seahawks is like, we're starting to new. Let's get the TikTok out because Drew Locke is going to be dabbing on us. Oh, my God. <laughs> Please. Like, oh, I, like this team. I don't know. You're just going to have a 75-year-old Pete Carroll chomping on gum. Like I saw their Twitter video in which they tried to like fake their entire team's uh, schedule release. Like they were playing no buy after London and like, all these, like, they play, they get a buy in week five and, like, all these crazy, they play five games in a row on the road and their whole staff, like, tricked the entire team uh, to be able to get there to go. Um, but, like, it was very funny. I have no faith. I have zero, 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 zero faith in the Seattle Seahawks. Drew Locke, God bless you. Uh, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, like, all the new Broncos, like, that are going to Seattle, have fun, enjoy your money that you're going to get there just isn't a lot here already burned justin coleman i mean they have nothing they have probably one of the worst offensive lines in football they have one of the worst quarterback rooms in football they have one of the worst defensive backfields in football and defensive backs um they're just it's it's a mess it's a total mess now they still have some pieces on the defense that i like like al woods and quandre Diggs and things like that but there just isn't it's all either you're old and old and old or you can't play football. Like you just can't do it. No, I mean, that's what you made about the offensive line. Like Seattle's offensive line has been brutal for years and it's just never been good. And Russell dis- disguised so much of that with his mm-hmm. mobility and at true luck. I first game, I think it's actually first the Broncos. I think, true oh. luck, I think take the over on sacks in that game, just like over like, Five and a half, six. What you find the prop for how high I can go on sacks and just give me the biggest plus number I can get because that is just on. They are going to beat him up. Is there a yes or no prop for Drew Lock uh, doing a TikTok dance after a garbage time touchdown down by like forty? Like that'll be so good. No, I was gonna say I can see him like scoring. I want him to score the first touchdown of the game and then the game to be thirty-five to seven. <laughs> <laughs> That would be fantastic. Classic Drew Locke. I mean, I, I wish we could just hang out with Drew Locke for a day, honestly, just to see what his life is like. Just go have a natty late with him. Oh, he would be, a, he'd be a little bit, he'd be a little much. He'd be a little much. Uh, you know, maybe one day, maybe one day we'll, we'll have him on a pod or something. 
Uh, okay. Uh, anything for the NFC West? I love this one. Uh, the Rams are plus money to win this division. I love that. Yeah. Plus 140. I thought the same yeah. thing. I'm like, this is where I said a little chalk. You know, you got to go a little chalk every once in a while. As much as, you know, this is super tight division last year. I mean, you could take, again, the Seahawks were removing. I'll take the Seahawks under five and a half. Yeah, me too. Yep. So we're on the same page with that. But yeah, it's like gambling on a lot with the, again, the Cardinals we think are just tumultuous. How the fact that their win total is the same as the Niners right now doesn't make sense to me. They're both at nine and a half. The juice is significant on the Cardinals at minus 160. Um, and, you know, the Niners, it's going to take a lot. Again, even if Trey Lance works out and is good to take them to win the division over that football team in L.A. that is a well-oiled machine right now, no chance. Which, by the way, they did not win the division last year. So, you know, they had to win the final game of the regular season to get in the playoffs. Right. So, and they did that. Rams plus money. I mean, I got them at plus 150 a couple of weeks ago, which I really liked. Um, but and, I, and I'll put that in. What do you think of a Rams, Bucks, and Bills parlay division winners? That seems pretty good to me. I mean, I, the one I think you probably have to worry about a little bit would be like the Bills, I guess, if you want to like either the, yeah. you know, the Dolphins. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, I know, I know you're thinking of a different team, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would do Ram, Rams and Bucks. Sounds like cash to me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Maybe a little worry of the Saints, but I just don't see it. Um, the Rams, definitely, and the Seahawks under five and a half, I love. Absolutely. Uh, any other bets, championships, or MVPs? I, I think we'll I think we'll forego the MVPs this year. I think we're going to save that for before the season because I think that I want to see where teams are at with who's starting at quarterback and, like, you know, all these things, if there's injuries, blah, 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 this and that. I'm not sold. So Devontae Adams, 80 to 1, is my one so far. <laughs> That's the only one I've got. I think you like Josh Allen, right, last week? Yeah, I did say Josh Allen, so I, I, I would take it. It feels like he's he's due to get one with all the talk around him at this point. feels like it might be his season that they're just going to – his numbers are close enough. He'll get the votes. But uh, as far as NSU championship odds, I mean, there's pretty much – I think there was two teams that was pretty clearly high on uh, during this show. And I'm going to take a shot on the Eagles at plus 1,400, 14-1, and the Vikings at 20-1. to 1. Ah, okay. Okay, Vikings, I like that. So the Vikings, I think, were my my um, – my long shot last year and my long shot this year is the Philadelphia Eagles. My that we're right on the same page, 14 to one for the Philadelphia Eagles. I just love what they're doing. I'm taking their division. I'm taking their over. I'm taking them to win the NFC. And I mean, think about it. The Eagles have not only have they revamped a lot of their team and their roster, they have one of the easiest schedules in football. Very, mm. very easy schedule. Plus if they're 14 to one and they do make the playoffs somehow, I mean, it's an easy hedge out, you know, that's, I mean, that, that's all I'm looking for when you're, I mean, that's really anybody should be looking for. You're not trying to bet, like, don't bet the big favorite right now. Wait for uh, maybe the bucks are like two and two come week mm-hmm. four after maybe they have a couple games. They probably got some really tough early season games. Like look for those odds then when, yeah, maybe you're, maybe the, the world is feeling down about the bucks, but you got to just look back to times like this. And we got to listen to ourselves now and say, we know where they're going to be at the end of the year. You got to take your shot on these guys now. Uh, again, especially with all the abilities to cash out, hedge out, you know, plenty of opportunities with you take some big odds and give yourself some wiggle room. One of the things that you should look at too is week one and two schedule. Like the Bills and the Rams play each other in week one. So one of those two teams is going to be 0 1. Right. Then you look at like, okay, who do you think is probably going to maybe possibly have the worst chance to lose in week two? You know, 
and they've already on FanDuel have week one um, have week one spreads already out, which is fantastic. Uh, it's really good to look at. In fact, they sometimes have the week two ones. And I think they do have the week two ones. Oh, they do perfectly. Um, and I'm just looking it up just to see the Rams play the Falcons. So they should probably win. And then the bills play the Titans. So you might think about, Hey, if the bills start on two, you know, they lose to the Rams, they lose to the Titans to start off their season. It's not a bad play. And see, Hey, bills are on two. take them on AFC championship. You're definitely, definitely going to get a better number than being the, the favorites right now. That's these are the things you got to think about. You got to try and think ahead. You got to be one step ahead of uh, the books and everybody else and Joe public. I love it. That's what we are. Shop guy. Uh, I'll let you get back to the Rangers now. I promise. We're up three, nothing now. So things are better oh. after the second period. Second period just finished three, nothing man. Oh man. I hope by the time this comes out, things aren't different. Now I'm telling you this. I am obviously rooting for the Rangers being a fan of them as, as I've bandwagoned on the last couple of years. But I do have a Hurricanes six to one ticket and a Rangers nine to one ticket to win the East. So Tampa, bring it on. <laughs> Here we go. Look, I have a preseason Hurricanes twelve to one ticket. Okay, oh, so I mean, he's I flexing on me. I, the Hurricanes, I, I just I knew the the Hurricanes are going to be one of the best teams all year. I mean, and if even if if they were to get by the Rangers here, which I don't think that they will, uh, you know, in, in my heart, uh, I think that they have a very solid chance to go all the way. Mm, I love it. Go blue shirts. Um, Lewis, you got a narrative in the NFC this year? The NFC? I thought you were about to ask me about Luca the Don coming on. Oh, I, I can't talk about it anymore. <laughs> I can't talk about it. Down 3-0 right now. They've just they've put it in our face. Smoking a hookah, drinking a beer. Yeah. Hey, he said it, though. If you don't believe, you don't belong here. Fine. Fair enough. John Morant said the same thing, and, uh, well – Better luck next year. Uh, <laughs> NFC narrative, NFC narrative. I mean, there's the obvious Tom Brady's back. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, – but we'll, you know, we'll get into that later as the season goes on. We'll, anyway. that's, a, that's the same old song and dance. Yeah. Exactly. You know how it goes. The league loves them. It's it's Tom Brady. What do you mm. Ride off into the sunset. They wanted to give him the Peyton Manning treatment. They need the star. Mm. So, like, last week you said Lamar Jackson. You said a lot of things about the AFC. And this week, it's pretty simple. It's it's just Tom Brady. It's either Tom Brady or that bad man up in uh, uh, Lambeau Field. That's that's it. Doubting. One of the two. I mean, who else? Who, who else would it be? Come on. I don't know. You like the Rams? Repeat. Who, who on that team? Oh, for a Super Bowl favorite. I'm, I'm talking MVP. Oh, well, MVP, too. I mean, Stafford, you don't think yeah. you can win it? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. No. Fair enough. Yeah. Jack Prescott. All right. Uh, now I'm ending the show. Now, now, he's, now he's upset. Now we're done. All right. Now I made him angry. You've been canceled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> blasphemer. Uh, Natty, thank you. You're the best. We'll talk about, we'll talk about, uh, we're going to get into positional rankings again this summer. How about that? We're going division by division, my friend. This is how we make the money. Study the rosters. Got to go for the deep dives. Love the depth charts. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. I love it. I love it. Uh, Lewis, you're the best there ever was. Thank you. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I know. Thank <laughs> <laughs> no. Thanks, guys. For our it's team. So yes. You 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 make it livelier, as as we love. Um, for our team producer, Lemon Pepper, Luke Caracone, and for our great co-host and co-leader, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silbeth, I am Dan Zampano. 
Thank you so much. We'll see you next week for another edition of the Sunday Card. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zampano, co-hosted by Matt Silbert, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember... If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.